Welcome back to the latest edition of the Red Bear Report. I am your co-host and COVID at Sports Editor Jake Sermersheim, and with me I have co-host and COVID at Sports Editor Jake Fogel. Fogel, how's it going? Uh, it's been a rough day. Uh, bowled this morning, went to the bowling alley. Uh, What'd you roll? Oh, it was horrible. It was one of my season lows, but uh, we're going to try and bounce back on Friday. Hit up a bowling class if you can here at ISU. They're, they're, they're a gym. Well, with that being said, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, some Redbirds women's basketball, some men's basketball, touch a little bit on baseball and softball. But first, I think we need to touch on the thing that's been been touching the sports world the most the last couple days, and that is Kobe Bryant's unfortunate passing. Came as a shock to everyone. I'm I'm Just, still sad. I'm I'm very sad about. I've it. cried every day since he's passed. Is that factual? That is actually factual because I keep seeing these. Like videos of either Shaq from last night that teared me up, uh, Jimmy Fallon from Monday uh, saying they're going to go on a beer run to the actual day it happened. I mean, man alive. It's been a tough go of it. I didn't think I would be this affected by it, like the day he did pass, but the way he did with his daughter, especially for like how known he is for being a girl dad and such, it's just it's heartbreaking. It, it really, I, I didn't think it was real when I first saw it. I thought it was some Twitter fake news, and I, I was in denial for a hot second. And, but it, it's unfortunate. One of the greatest basketball players of all time, arguably in the top three, top five of most people's rankings. And he, it's just it's just crazy that he, he died so young and so unexpectedly. All right, moving on. Let's talk about some... Redbirds women's basketball. The women have been playing rather well lately. Did split the weekend series with you and I and I believe Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drake they, played Friday, you yeah. and I on Sunday. Lost to Drake, beat you and I. Um, beat Drake by a score of. Or no, excuse Drake me, lost beat them 69 yeah, in overtime. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. Tough game for them. And then they bounced back with a 65 57 win over Northern Iowa. What did you see from the women this weekend, Fogle? I was actually fortunate enough to go see that Drake game on Friday. I got to watch the overtime. Um, and I, we saw a really good performance by uh, Juju Redmond. She got uh, awarded the newcomer, Missouri Valley Conference, newcomer of the week for performances against Drake. And you and I, she had 14 points each in, the, in those matchups. But uh, that game on Friday, Drake just... Drake is a really good women's team. I, I don't know their, if they are ranked at the moment, but I could see them possibly getting ranked by the end of the season because they were all over us. They were hounding us. They didn't have the greatest night on the offensive side of the ball, but, I mean, they played uh, full full court. Oh, I can't talk. Full court press. He got me all caught up in this Kobe feelings again, man. They, they were playing a full court press, and ISU really struggled with it. But, uh. I mean, we saw a 69-67 game. Juju scored all six points in overtime for the Birds, but uh, they just fell short. I didn't get to see as much from the UNI game. I, I wasn't able to watch it, but um, I think Lexi Wallen had a good bounce-back game. She was she was just hounded on the uh, in the post against Drake. I, I'm trying to think how many points she had. i got to find it real quick, but it was single digits, and it was low. She, she wasn't getting up much shots, and she fouled out in that game, but... Against you and I, I'm I'm pretty sure she got back to her 
uh, normal self of just dominating in the paint. But if I can find this real quick. Jake, did you see anything over the weekend of it? Um, I do think it's interesting that, like you said, Juju Redmond only was the only person to score in overtime for the Redbirds. You have to think if they get – well, even one more basket ties it up. So that's that's a big – that's a big thing to look at that they weren't getting that production in overtime and it's you know one basket changes it but Lexi moving on to the next game Lexi Wallen had a besides fouling out of course she had a pretty solid game 20 points 8 of 16 from field goal range 4 of 6 from free throw only one turnover oh excuse me she didn't my bad she did not foul out uh, against Drake she oh, against fouled Drake, out, she fouled I, out I didn't bad. see as many stats on Northern Iowa I wasn't Exactly on top of it. But having it right here, yeah, she 20 points against Northern Iowa. She had that bounce-back game that uh, the Redbirds really needed because Juju had to step up, and she even continuing into that game against you and I with that effort for Juju, it was huge for him. But on against Drake, uh, Wallen had six points, and I as I mentioned, she fouled out. She didn't gain a single rebound, and she she. I'm not saying it's supposed to be. She is this post-dominant player for the Redbirds. She has transitioned amazingly from volleyball over the last four years to step into this role. And the combination between her and Titi. Um, and Titi, Titi went off in the fourth quarter against Drake. She is the primary reason why that game did go to overtime. As she had 19. I think she had nine points in the fourth quarter. She was nailing a bunch of threes. But, I mean... To split the weekend against these two teams who I think are in top five of the women's MVC standings, I, th- I think it's a good weekend. Yeah, it's a good weekend. Uh, you know, both tough opponents. Drake sits third in the Missouri Valley Conference right now. Um, ISU's right in the middle of the pack. Northern Iowa right below them. Um, I You know, ISU four and three right now in MVC play. I think you need to see a little bit more out of them. <clears throat> Um, down the final stretch not that they've played poorly or anything but they're just middle of the pack right now they they need to find some way to to break ahead find the difference maker get production from lexi and tt and juju every night and mary crompton she she could be a difference maker i've i've preached for her for a while um but yeah they just need a they need to find that extra step to to push themselves forward in the MVC because right now they're two, three, four, five. They're six. Are they're tied with Southern Loyola with a four and three record. Which it's not horrible. It's not horrible. They have eleven games yeah, left they do have 11 five games of them left. being at home and they lost their home undefeated streak against Drake on Friday. Yeah. Which that puts them now I think at twelve and one. Nine and one at home. Nine and one at home? My bad. Um, but five more games at home. I I think you can count on them to win those. It's just it's going to be uh, how they can play on the road, which I'm more I'm kind of confident in the scene that they can put a run together. Definitely, definitely. The hardest home matchup coming up still is the number one team, Bradley. They're still undefeated in conference play. Then you got another tough stretch where you're gonna have to play Loyola right now, where they they are uh, right neck and neck with them at home and then another tough home matchup against Missouri State so even though they do have these these uh, home games they're not necessarily the easiest but of course ISU does play very well at home nine and one like we mentioned 
So I, I'm pretty confident that they can. I don't know that they'll win out those home games, but I think they'll they'll. They're going to be in competition. Yeah, they'll be them. in competition, and they'll probably finish with a winning record. Yeah. Um, moving on, on the other side of the spectrum, we have men's basketball. Men's basketball is currently on a seven-game losing streak, which is the longest since the 2010-2011 team that went on an eight-game losing streak. But on the season, they are 6-14, and 6-4 and four at home, and a, a just a bad 0-7 away in 0-3 in neutral game sites. So, but they still looking for a win away from Redbird Arena. What what is there to say about this team? Um we're running out of words to say. Uh 7 in a row. It's kind of, I think they're just lacking something. I mean, we found out Chastain uh was injured. I saw that on Twitter the other day. I think he's dealing with back injuries and a knee injury. But he's said to be out for three weeks. That's a huge blow to the team. But luckily, like we've had so far into this season where some players can step up now. I'm not saying Matt wasn't stepping up, but Matt was thought of coming into this uh, year as a leader. And these, I mean, where we are now, we're not necess- we are looking for a leader, but maybe somebody new to step up to try and drive this team to some wins to finish out the season somewhat strong. But, uh, Hillsman, Hillsman had I, uh, he had a decent game. Who who did we face last week? Um, uh, we Bradley lost, and yeah. then somebody else. We lost to Bradley and then to Southern. Southern was, ISU had a ten point lead in that Southern game here at home, and yeah, it, it was about at a at about the fifteen minute mark in the second half, and Southern just went off, and ISU had I mean it's been the same story over and over again. They ISU is. Either down by 10, going with about 15 minutes left in the game, they make a comeback, they fall just short, or they're up by 10, and they fall apart, and they aren't able to finish the game. It seems like that story's getting a little bit of, of repetitive. Um, Copeland had a good game against Southern, uh, one of his better games in MVC play. but I, 24 points, 6 rebounds. He had a really good shooting clip. I think he was 5 for 7 from 3. Yeah, five for seven from three. He shot really well from three from the MVC range. Nine from 13 in overall field goals. One steal, but did have four turnovers. But back to what you were saying. Uh, they have this game tonight against Evansville. Me and Jake are going to be there. Me and Jake, uh, I mean, we expect a win being on this home court. But, I mean, it, Evansville has been the worst team in the conference because they had to fire their head coach for uh, reasons outside of basketball, which that's a sad story, and we're not going to get into that. But um, Evansville's having more problems, believe it or not, than we are. But you, <laughs> out of the two teams that are playing the worst in the conference, I don't know who, who who you would rather take. I'm hoping that home – I'm not hoping, but home court advantage should play in a huge part tonight with an Evansville team that is very young, just like us that is also struggling just as much as us. I I would agree. I think the Redbirds definitely need to they they have to win this game. They're they're at home. They're against the Owen A Evansville Aces. What come on, you have to beat them. I mean, Evansville did start off the year hot with a win over, you know, number 1 Kentucky. Number one they Kentucky. also beat Ball State. But they, they just have been flat lately. Oh, and they, I mean, they fired their head coach. 
I don't necessarily think they're a bad team, but I think they're having more problems than us. Yeah, they just have problems. They're they're still looking for their first MVC win. They might be getting it tonight. We don't know. Might be getting it tonight. To be this honest. is their best I, opportunity so far. I this put season. it. I put it honestly. Even though the Redbirds are at home, I put it about a 50-50 rate on who wins because I have no confidence in the Redbirds right now. I, I have seen them blow back-to-back halftime leads after not leading for nearly the whole season at going into halftime and. Something, something. I don't know. This losing to Evansville could be the breaking point for this team. You said you have no confidence in this team, and I think that's well known for some of our Vedette audiences. Uh, last week, you wrote a column about uh, this team. You want to touch on that at all? I will touch on that a little bit. I won't go too far in depth, just for the sake of you know time. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, basically, in the column, I, I asked if it's it's time to take a look at who's really at fault for the Redbird season. If it's a you know a young and experienced team that's just getting on the court for the first time, or if it's you know Dan Muller having shortcomings as his head coach, which you know this this was brought up last year. Good friend Blaine Llewellyn. Um, wrote a column asking the same question a year ago. So uh, basically, in the, in the thing, I talk about how you know drastically points have gone down per game since conference play, 75 to 60 points a game, which is a very bad sign. Um, I will in the column. I do I do mention the inexperience about how of the 13 players to step court on this season, 10 did not play a single game with ISU this year, and only one of those players, Ricky Torres was on court at all last season. He transferred from Wichita State, you know. Um, but then I also I also made a point against the inexperience argument, how this team has 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 a lot of older players, transfers that have played another place, transfers that have had to sit out a year and play in this system for a year. Um, but then, of course, you have young guys that are leading this team, like DJ Horn and Antonio Reeves, and more recently on the defensive end, Abdu Indai, who, you know, obviously have not seen the court that much. Um, besides that, I, I touch on the last two seasons, how both teams have pretty much um, underperformed last year with Keyshawn Evans, Phil Fain, Malik Yarbrough, William Tinsley. They underperformed, and they're underperforming again. But um, it's not up to me, you know, what happens with Dan Muller. You know, go read the column. You decide what you think should happen. But, yeah. I I, I don't think Dan is getting canned. Uh, and I want to say give him time, possibly see if we can turn this around. But, I mean, he's not going anywhere. His contract's still going. It's going through 2024. Um, so he does have time to turn this around, but I'd say he has to get going on it quickly. And if it is an experienced team, I expect him to be back next year. That can't be an excuse next year now. So agreed. I, even though I did write the column calling for you know this whatever to to start happening, I I don't think we'll see Mueller out of a head coach position at least any time during midseason. At the no matter what happens, he'll he'll be the coach throughout the end of the season. I believe I mm-hmm. if. Really, what I what I see likely happening with his contract situation, with him being an ISU alumni, with him, you know, being one of the best defensive players in recent ISU memory, he'll he'll get his chance to prove his worth. And 
but but like you said, he needs to turn it around. I I think. I I hate that you say that in recent ISC memory because in recent that in recent that's 1998. I wasn't even born yet. Neither were you. Uh, that's okay. Just... Recent in <laughs> recent in not the very beginning of the program. Recent as in that's the last time they were. I'm not saying good because Dan's had some runs, but that's the last time they made the tournament. Yeah, that... uh, we're not going this year. So they, I mean. I wouldn't count them out yet, but highly unlikely that they make it. That they, you know, they they can make some crazy run at the end of the year, but I doubt it. All right. Um, Looks like we have some news. Former ISU Redbird football standout and CFL All Star Trey Robinson has agreed to terms with a contract with the Chicago Bears. Bear down, Chicago Bears. You know, pretty. Are you jealous that he didn't go to the Packers? I couldn't care less, to be honest. Well, you will be when uh, Robinson's uh, picking off Rodgers, taking it to the end zone for the NFC uh, North division title next year. I'm calling it now. You're calling it now. I'm calling it now. All right, so a little about Robinson. He was a he was the quarterback for the Redbirds during the 2014 championship season against North Dakota State. Of course, they lost 29 to 27 in a heartbreaking game. Um, since then, he went to the CFL, and he he completely switched from quarterback to cornerback, from quarterback to cornerback. That's a mouthful. Yeah, that is a mouthful if you're. Um, Robertson said on Twitter that he, he thanked the Bears for the opportunity and allowing to help this organization get the goal of winning a Super Bowl. I you know, good luck for not gonna happen. Fogel is pumping his fist. I love it. But uh Super Bowl twenty twenty one. Bring it on. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Mitch Mitch besides the point, Mitch Trubisky had shoulder surgery today. Um He's coming back better than ever. He's leading this team to a Super Bowl. I'm not worried anymore because the season's over. I don't have to cry on Sundays anymore, even though I cried this past Sunday. <laughs> but uh, but that's besides it again. I'm, I'm excited for this Bears season that's coming up in about nine months. <sighs> Out of all the teams in the NFC North, the Bears are about the third team that would win the Super Bowl. I don't know how you think oh. the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. The Packers and the Vikings are better than the Bears. I mean, we'll have this conversation next year. All right, one more thing we should touch on. Today there are um, Redbird baseball and softball media days. Those seasons are just around the corner. Baseball starts February 14th, I believe, against against Little Rock at Little Rock. Three day, three day matchup there. Um, I expect big things from this, from this Redbirds team. Obviously, they they are losing some experience with a four players drafted. Um, John Rave, of course, who's just a dog. He mm-hmm. was a gr- great player for the Redbirds. Um, Joe Lyles had a breakout year last year. Won the. Um, you know, MVC player of the year. But even though they're losing them and Jeff Lindgren along with uh, Heydrich, I believe. I think they lost Brett Heydrich. Yeah. Yeah. 
those four were drafted, but they should still have a very good season. I expect big things from from the Butlers, Joe and Jack Butler. That they, they should be poised to have good years. Um, junior college Carl Sandberg transfer, Braden Blackford. He is a stud all around the infield from getting the chance to watch him all this summer in the prospect league. He is insane. He can hit. He can hit for contact. He's a doubles guy. We'll find those powers. Uh, other guys to look at, Tyson Hayes, of course. He's returning. Um, Gunnar Peterson should get some more looks in the outfield and possibly in the DH. Um, but yeah, and then softball. They, last year, um, sorry, I'm pulling up the stats right now. They had a little, little less of a successful season than the Redbirds baseball team did um they finished with a record of a record of i think it's 18 and 33 but i could be wrong 18 and 33 thank you fogel it, i it wasn't I was like, enough for me 11 i saw that earlier today i'm glad i could contribute thank you fogel uh, 11 and 10 in conference play um two and six at home 10 and 11 away six and 16 neutral i could they, sh- they should have a bounce back year potentially um, they open the season on February 6th, so they're even closer to starting at UCF. And then after that, they have got a full slate of tournaments. They play Michigan, number 14 Michigan, number 7 Florida, Fresno State, Georgia State. So, yeah, they... they tough schedule. Tough schedule, tough schedule. They're going to be thrown into it right away, which I don't mind necessarily for... I, I kind of like to see teams get tough tests at first before conference play, get them ready for you know stiff competition. All right. I, I will take us uh, towards the end of our podcast here with a couple quick hits for ISU Sports over the weekend. Uh, men's tennis is actually turning it around after a slow start uh, last weekend, losing to Northwestern and Wisconsin. But this past weekend, they uh, took out UIS 6-1. Uh, to one. On Friday, and then Eastern Illinois in the same day, they did the same thing, 6-1, and one, so they got a 2-0 and victory on Friday. They struggled against Western Michigan on Saturday, 2-5. and five. I mean, but then they finished out against Prairie State, 6-1, and 3-1 uh, and one on the weekend. This team's turning around, I think, after a tough Big Ten uh, first weekend. I mean, you're going to struggle against Big Ten teams. They, they are not too shabby. Uh, women's tennis uh, struggled this – actually, did they – yeah, women's tennis got lost every match this last weekend. Yeah, DePaul, DePaul put them in their place a little bit. Zero and seven. I'm not. Once again, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, women's tennis was uh, highly ranked in their preseason poll, if I remember right, and they only had one match this week. They're going to be facing Chicago State this Friday. Um, a chance to rebound, but they will be up in Chicago. And they're actually going to be at UIC on February 2nd. That's going to be at home. And UIS, man, matches just keep on coming. But that's going to be at home if you want to go check out the Redbirds women's tennis team. And lastly, uh, men's and women's track had the Notre Dame invite this past weekend. Both women's and men's took third place with a special shout-out. And up here somewhere, <laughs> uh, Caleb Medima, I think, and somebody else got honored for their uh, individual efforts. But 
I lost the page because it's just a revolving page. But I had it. Smith and Medema. They both got honored for their efforts. MVC Field Athlete of the Week Award. So uh, congrats to them. All right. Well, that's all we have for you this edition of the Red Report. Uh, keep up with everything with the Vedette at thevedetteonline.com and keep up with everything Vedette Sports at thevedette underscore sports on Twitter. Um, I've been Jake with my co-host, Jake. And remember, stay hoppers. Rip Mamba.